0: Hi, I'm artist Jan Smuckle, and you're listening to the Inspiration Place podcast with Miriam Shulman.
1: It's the Inspiration Place podcast with artist Miriam Shulman. Welcome to the Inspiration Place podcast, an art world insider podcast for artists by an artist, where each week we go behind the scenes to uncover the perspiration and inspiration behind the art. And now, your host, Miriam Shulman. Well, hello, this is your host, artist Miriam Shulman, and you're listening to episode number eight of the Inspiration Plays podcast. I am so thrilled that you are here. Today, I've invited an artist whom I've known for a long time, but whose success never fails to amaze me. She runs her own art gallery, but you'll never see her art there since all of her pieces sell within hours of being posted online on Facebook. This artist doesn't use Instagram, not Pinterest, she doesn't bother with blogs, and you might get an email from her once a year. She has built a raving collector base who hungrily await her next offering. So in this episode, we're going to discuss why focusing on a signature style builds your collector base, how to accept commissions without pulling your hair out or losing your mind, and how to find that sweet spot for pricing your art. But before we get there, I wanted to ask you a question. Are you subscribed to my podcast? If you're not, I want to encourage you to do that today. I don't want you to miss an episode, and I'm adding a bunch of bonus episodes to the mix. So if you're not subscribed, there's a good chance you'll miss out on those. Now, if you have an Apple device, all you have to do is go to shulmanart.com forward slash iTunes and click the purple subscribe button. I've also added instructions for listening to podcasts on any device over at theinspirationplace.net forward slash podcast. Okay, now if you're feeling extra loving, I would really be grateful if you left me a review over on iTunes too. Those reviews help other people find my podcast and they're also just fun for me to read. So again, go to shulmanart.com forward slash iTunes and select ratings and reviews and click write a review and let me know what your favorite part of the podcast is. That helps me know what you want me to focus on in the future. All right, now back to the show. So if you're chomping at the bit to hear from today's artist, you don't have to wait any longer. This artist sells all of her art by simply posting a picture on Facebook with the size and a link to her website. She boosts the post for a few dollars and sells these within hours. Please welcome to the Inspiration Place artist Jan Smuckle. Jan, welcome to the show. You are so amazing. How do you do it?
0: I am more more puzzled than anybody else why I have the following that I do. I, uh, you know, I've okay.
1: All right, well, let's talk I'm about. i
0: grateful it. for it. I am <laughs> grateful for it on a daily basis, but I am as puzzled as can humanly be why mm. you know i'm you know not any better or worse of an artist and you know than you know 90 percent of the people whose work i have in the gallery yet the only thing i can think of is that what i what i do has a lot of contrast in it which is kind of the antithesis of what tonalism is theoretically supposed to be but a lot of people don't do that, and I, th- you know, maybe it's it's that that people react. I don't know. I have no
1: clue. See, Jan, like I think the reason you're so successful is because you're willing to commit to this style. You're okay. willing to commit to this genre. You know, you're willing to do another sunset
0: painting. Oh God! Oh. <laughs> oh. Don't include this my groaning. I just
1: edit this out.
0: <laughs> Don't include my groaning. Oh.
1: I will I will cut out your groaning maybe. Okay, so let's let's begin.
0: As I'm working on the third, no, fourth moon painting in a row. Go ahead, yeah.
1: Someday I would like to collect your art by the way. So before, <laughs> you know, one of those smaller paintings before you throw it up on the website for your folks, I mean I'll pay what you're asking. I'm not expecting a discount, but I do. I'd like I'd like
0: one of your paintings. Okay. So, I so will I will bear me... that in mind.
1: Yes. Um pr- probably a sunset
0: painting. Of course. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> with with, right. a, with a tree in, yeah. with a tree in front of with it. Tree. <laughs> tree. Yeah, you want the sun and a ball or do you care? Or do you want? Of of course, with the ball, right? Uh, Okay, you want the sunball thing. Okay, do you want the thing with the brown trees in front of it? The trees, and you want the trees with the water, with the reflections. Yeah, Um, you want that too. (laughs) Um. No, you know what? I don't. I don't know
1: if I have to have the water. To look at your different tropes. Okay, so for our listeners who, right. who are unfamiliar with your art, what is tonalism?
0: Okay, tonalism is well st- style, I suppose, or genre of painting that was more or less, not completely, but more or less developed in the United States during the same time frame that Impressionism was happening over in Europe. Although there was crossover with both, it kind of was an offshoot of the Hudson River Valley artists and how those big panoramic paintings look with all the sunsets in the Hudson Valley and the trees and the wildlife and all that stuff. I think kind of distilled down to its essence is is kind of what tonalism ended up being and there were some tonalist artists that started here and moved over to europe and some impressionist artists from europe that came over here and started being influenced by tonalism and so when people refer to tonalism and impressionism there's a lot of crossover of the people and you might look at an impressionist painting and think it's kind of more tonalist than impressionistic or you might look at a tonalist painting and think it's impressionistic it's kind of split hairs in a lot of ways but what the tonalist paintings focus on is the light and the sh- and the dark and it's it's not about a particular subject necessarily it's more about using kind of a limited palette of tones within a certain color range and that kind of thing
1: Okay. So let me just stop you there and unpack a few things. Um, <laughs> so the first thing, when I think of impressionists, and we'll talk about the, the, the big ones, Monet. Uh, and, yes. and then even, even going beyond Monet, like Cezanne, people who are post-impressionists, all those French impressionists, Ren- Renoir, Pizarro, they all painted with a very pastel color palette, whereas your painting, and I don't know if this is true of just your painting or the tonalism, but you just said something very interesting there about the limited color palette. So your painting has more like an earth tone range to it. I mean, if, yes. you, were to, if you were to take a whole room of French Impressionists and stick your painting in, it would definitely stand out. Yes. Yeah. So you want to talk about that? Is that specific to you or is that part of the tonalist? Well, version?
0: it's kind of specific to me because I I call myself a tonal Impressionist or a tonalist Impressionist primarily because when I was simply doing quote unquote straight tonalist stuff, and this has to do with our forays on eBay way back, I would pay attention to those pieces that got more bids than not. I suppose. Meaning that they were more what people were looking for. And I came to determine that the ones that had a little more color in them were the ones that people liked. So I kind of brought in some of the impressionistic methodology that way it's kind of a little bit of both of those things Mm. So as a result what I do is and I suppose that's why you know I people like what I do and and it has a tendency to kind of look a little bit like an illustration in some ways, sometimes, sometimes not. One of the most famous tonalists, though, I will say, just so people can kind of get an idea of what a tonalist painting, a real tonalist painting is, is Whistler's Mother. Oh, That is like the world's most famous tonalist painting. Uh, Whistler was a tonalist and everything else he did, if you go look it up, it really reeks of tonalism. <laughs> Mm. And it was interesting seeing the movie that they did about that (laughs) anyway. What movie um, is that? Oh, I've forgotten the name of it. It, Whistler's Mother is definitely a tonalist painting. It's not actually called that. It's, I think, a study in black and gray or something.
1: Mm. Yeah, Um, well, he definitely explored trying to find all the different shades of white. So that definitely goes with what you were talking about, of taking a very limited color palette and exploring what you can do. I think that also is what makes your, gives your art such appeal is that because you're working in this earth tone with limited palette, it makes it very easy to incorporate into certain decorating styles. And one thing that you've landed upon, uh, which it, which I, I see that's part of your whole branding is how well it fits into arts and crafts decorating yeah,
0: style. Well, that was not necessarily by design, mm. but, uh, oh, that's a whole other story. I could take credit for that, but I sh- i shouldn't. Um, Can you
1: share the story? Cause
0: oh, really briefly. Okay. <laughs> Well, the reason why I started kind of working on the Tonalist, down the Tonalist Avenue, I suppose, is because I own an art gallery. And right before I opened, uh, it took me forever to figure everything out and get all the software and stuff. So as a result... I did buy some pieces off of eBay and from some artists online just to kind of have as filler on the walls so that, you know, I wasn't asking all of my friends who were really getting tired of waiting for me to open my gallery, (laughs) that it was taking too long. I didn't want them to think, okay, they're handing their work over to somebody who has no clue what they're doing. Eh, Well, Anyway, so one of the people's uh, work that I found was a fellow named Dennis Sheehan, and I bought oh, I don't know, what, six or seven of his paintings. No, maybe eight. And I was amazed at watching people come in the door of the gallery, and they would just stop and look at his work. And I thought, you know, okay. Prior to that, I was really a colorist, and I used huge brushes and painted impressionistically and the whole bit. So I I, I was kind of watching this happen, and I thought, well, what is he doing, uh, Dennis Sheehan, uh So I was wa- I was watching, oh, uh, all, all these gallery customers come in, and they would just stop and stare and stare and stare, and it happened, you know, one after the other after the other. I thought, okay. So, being that I had his work here, I would just I kind of took a look at it closely, like we as artists do when you're trying to figure out what somebody else is doing, saw that his son looked like for a school project, had recorded a couple of videos of dad painting, and uh, so... You know, I watched a, a, some of those and I went, ah, okay, that's what he's doing. And that's kind of where it started from there. And then I've kind of developed my own thing from that.
1: So he uh, was basically an influence to the style you have now. Yeah.
0: And it was simply because I was looking, not that you copied no, I, no, and I don't, if you look right. at, if you look at what he does and what I do, it doesn't, yeah, they absolutely. don't even look the same, but I'm sure it he was, doesn't have
1: hundreds of boards on pinterest named after him like Uh, no no he
0: doesn't anyway that's kind of i bought the paintings from his wife not directly from him by the way it was just one of these things where seeing person after person after person just kind of stop in their tracks and look at something Um, how did
1: that lead you to the to knowing this fits into the arts and crafts um decorating
0: okay that has to do with the other story
1: oh okay that was the story I wanted. To
0: tell. The story, Yes. Okay. So uh, like you, I, I sold my work on eBay for some years and around about 2009, I had a lady contact me uh, after buying a painting and she wanted uh, to commission me to do a larger painting for her. And I said, okay. And I come to find out that Um, I'm I'm not going to say her name, although I think she has passed away at this point, but I just don't want to cause any legal problems. Let's call her Linda. Linda. Okay. Yeah, that's far enough away. Okay. (laughs) So Linda uh, contacted me and come to find out that she, I I knew who she was because a very, very good friend of mine had one of her prints hanging over her mantle forever upon ever. She was one of the few artists in the revival of the arts and crafts movement uh, who was doing work in, a, in nowadays, you know, contemporarily. So being that I found out this woman's name and I knew who she was, uh, I asked her after she had commissioned me to do this painting for her, uh, well, you know, I was wondering why you, famous artist, am asking me artist nobody has ever heard of in their life to do (laughs) a commission for you when you're talking to me now about doing more commissions and she told me that oh she said she had ms and that she was no longer painting and she had moved in with a boyfriend and the boyfriend had three houses and all this so she fed me a good story. She was sending me pictures of walls in their house. Oh, wait,
1: this, is, this is the this story?
0: Yes. Oh, this is a
1: good story.
0: This yes. story, yes, this, this is this why story. I know. Okay, ah, okay so because sorry. of all of this, yes. um, and she kept commissioning me to do more paintings for her, and she kept buying paintings of mine from eBay right away. And this went on for over a year, and here she definitely was my best customer. And I want to say that between the two things, and some of the paintings that she commissioned me to do were quite large, you know, about five feet wide and two feet tall, you know, and some big square things. Anyway, uh, after about a year, she had amassed, I believe, I counted them up, somewhere between 35 and 40 paintings in a year. Mm. That's a lot.
1: Is that when you started to get suspicious? It, or not yet. I Well, yeah. You were just so happy she was buying
0: I, I Yeah, I didn't actually count them up until after. I was alerted by a fellow, another guy, who bought my work on eBay. And he actually does have a gallery in California. And he said that he happened to be at a show. And he saw one of my paintings with somebody else's name on it. Ooh. And I said to him, which show was that? No clue. He thought that I was painting under a pseudonym mm. and that it was me. Right. And I said, no. And so uh, he finally told me which show it was. And I called the show promoter and I got the vendor list and I went through the vendor list and everybody looked beyond reproach. And so the only recourse I had, and this, you know, took, this was some, it, that took a couple of months between those two things. Mm. So uh, the only thing I really could do was post a notice on my Facebook page saying, hi, folks, if you happen to see a painting of mine and it's got somebody else's name signed on it, would you please let me know? Thanks. <laughs> know. So what else could
1: you say? I wait mean, a minute.
0: I so Jan, when
1: you went to that show producer, or whatever the person was, curator, show producer, whatever.
0: Yeah. It, so the person who didn't – would been, not – give yeah they they had to physically mail me a list because that was public record they had to ask their attorneys this whole, it was crazy so
1: wait so you didn't you you couldn't find out who was signing their name and it and that person who had no. been signing their name no, wasn't
0: listed as own, a vendor yeah, i had to do my own research from huh. the vendor list which they had to physically mail me
1: Okay, because but that, that person who had record. been buying your paintings on eBay wasn't listed as a vendor.
0: Correct. Okay. She was not.
1: So- no. Okay, I think so. Now we're getting to like the, the big reveal of what's happening. <laughs> okay. So well, was she signing her name or somebody yes. else's name?
0: Okay, so here's what Linda, remember <laughs> Linda?
1: Yeah, so we're saying Here's Linda, a, the, 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 I think we're saying uh, Linda because there's some sort of legal non Well, I just don't
0: want it. I don't know if she has, she's still with us or not. Okay. Anyway, and I don't know where this podcast is going to land and I don't want legal trouble. Anyway, so. Yeah, well,
1: either I no mean, one's going to listen to it or nobody, we'll have yeah, millions.
0: Okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Whatever. You never know.
1: Okay. Thousands so, of downloads later. Okay.
0: So, okay. So Linda. Right. I, I didn't know it was Linda. Right. By the way, I just knew it was one of my paintings, and right. again, I was selling stuff on right. eBay. It could have been anybody. It could right. Have been anybody.
1: So right, right. Your mind wasn't no going idea. to this person who no. bought thirty to forty. No. You just think no. somebody, no, and you don't I know if, if it's no.
0: Right, no, right, what right, happened right, was okay. one day I got a phone call from the fellow who bought the painting that the other guy in California had seen. Oh. And this fellow is a collector of sorts. I'm not a big collector of things like this, but there are people out there who, if they find a new acquisition, they are, they're kind of like, I guess people that go out hunting where they'll take pictures of something that they have just bagged. Mm. Okay. So they've got a new thing and they bring it home and they put it where it's going to go. And they take a picture and they show it to all their friends. Like, this is the coolest thing ever, and I want you to see it. So he did that, and he said he had just gotten a new original painting by Linda and another. <laughs> I'm another, sorry. Yes, Linda. Okay, yeah, just, you know, bagged a, an original painting by Linda. Okay. And another of my uh, customers, who would buy things off of eBay, by the way, Yeah. who knew me and she had quite a few herself, was also one of his friends, saw his post and said, excuse me, you don't have a painting by Linda, you have a painting by Jan. Mm. And he became irate, thinking that I was a scammer. And so he called me. Uh, So that was when I actually found out about who it was and what it was and where it was and all that stuff. And I, I really didn't know it was Linda. So
1: the person who was buying your paintings, she was signing her name on. She, the, okay, okay. Or was she? Or did she signing a pseudo name? And just, no,
0: she was signing her name to them. Uh, and you
1: said she was an artist herself, right?
0: Oh, of some renown.
1: She just decided anyway. her new style was tonalism, <laughs> right, Jan?
0: Which, which. Right. Yeah, and if you Wait, saw so what do you, she was known for, it looks nothing, 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 nothing like what I do.
1: Now, no, you sign your name to the paintings, right? Of so, course I did. So she would have to paint over your signature oh, in like some took, color?
0: Nope, nope. Here's Wait, what she did. She oh. took solvent oh. and a paintbrush or a Q-tip or something, and she rubbed out my name
1: oh. in paint.
0: And then in the wet paint, Looks like she took like the back end of the brush or something, and she inscribed her name down to the, down to the canvas where mine was, and I actually have two of these, three, two. Well, I know I have at least two of them here in my possession. So So I, I I saw what she did. Yeah, and she on the back of each painting, I would sign copyright Jan and the title and all that stuff. And she actually would take paint and paint over that. Wow. And write her own different title and all that stuff. And she was sending these things out, believe it or not, with a certificate of authenticity. Oh my God. For real. For real. Anyway. Yeah. With a little, uh, a gold, uh, you know, seal and the whole bit yeah this is like
1: reverse reverse forgery yes exactly like most people would like make a painting sign your
0: name to it right right (laughs) this is like but see she was the one who had the the fame Mm. she was the one who had the fame so you know i and Subsequently, you know, I looked at you know the work that she was known for, and turns out she was basically using an overhead projector and copying somebody else. It it anyway, the gist of it is most of the people who had been buying my stuff on eBay, plus this fellow and this the 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 fellow who became irate that called me about his quote unquote Linda painting that found out he wasn't. He basically kind of became my knight in shining armor mm. and he went out of his way. God bless him. He went out of his way to help me kind of promote my own stuff and to blast Linda.
1: How much? Okay. Cause I know other people have the same question. How much was she marking her stuff, your stuff up for
0: 10 times?
1: <gasps> wow. So did you raise your prices after that?
0: Yes, but not all at once. Okay. Okay. I'm about now eight years later, up to about what she was doing.
1: Okay, so remember we we talked about how I want to collect one of your paintings. (laughs) how much? How much is a ten by? How much is a ten by ten inch painting going to set me back?
0: Well, it depends. Okay, Uh, let me let me back up a little bit. Let me me back up a little bit. All right, Um, this has to do with the. the the wise and wherefores do
1: we have to finish Uh, the linda story anyway
0: sold by a woodworker who would go to shows uh and he was selling he had a relationship with her prior with her work that she did prints of after she had done her little magic trick on my paintings with, you know, writing her name on them and stuff. She would send them to him, and he would frame them and take them to shows, okay? Oh. And so then the, that's what okay. he had in his booth. Okay. And, uh, uh, but these shows are, are particularly targeted toward the arts and crafts devotees.
1: Okay, and so they were framed with that style? yes. yes. So that's why you started doing that?
0: Well, it's why I started focusing on it. It isn't necessarily... It, well, the, thank the, the you, the Linda. Tonalist, the, yeah, the <laughs> tonalist movement kind of, in some ways, kind of coincided mm. with the arts and crafts movement. You know, so it all kind of happened about the same time, done she and notwithstanding. <laughs> Yeah. who I think is still with us.
1: Because I have to say, so for people who aren't familiar with Jan's work, and I, I definitely encourage you to check it out. There'll be a link in the show notes to her website. The colors that you use are actually like the colors that people use for their, their exterior paint on these mm-hmm. houses.
0: Mm-hmm. Cause
1: I do house portraits and somebody had requested to use like the the such and such green or the such and such purple or whatever. And I was like, no, oh, it's like it's like, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's like chans art. Not not that you use your, you're using house paint.
0: I'm not using house I
1: know, paint. I know that. You only no, use oil paint, of course.
0: Somewhat limited ballot, but anyway. Yeah. Sorry. As a result, I then developed a relationship because of all of this junk happening, I developed a relationship with the same woodworker. So now he is taking my work, instead of Linda's, to the shows and selling the work. And I suppose because of that and some other you know uh you know the fact that this fella was was championing you know me to other people you know i took out an ad in the american bungalow magazine and i had one in there for a while and he's kind of tied into the who's who Mm. of that little niche of people and so you know he kind of put me into contact with the right things to do and people to talk to and places to advertise and all that fun stuff. It's a small group of people. There's not a whole, it's not like the arts and crafts movement or the mission furniture, you know, it was popular back in the what nineties, early nineties, late eighties. You know, I mean, you, you couldn't, you know, turn around, but you'd see, you know, something Sears, they even had stuff, but now it's kind of fallen out of favor. But the people who are really into it are really into it. And those are the people that seem to be attracted to my work. I don't know what to say other than that. I mean, they're out there. I, I I guess that there aren't that many artists doing work in that vein.
1: You are committed to a style, like I said before. Yes. You are working in a niche. Yes. Where there are... Irrationally, irrationally passionate collectors. Yes. So just like this guy was a collector who wants to brag to his community about what he has, they are also collecting a certain kind of furniture and a certain kind of pottery and a certain yeah, kind of house. The,
0: these are the people that will pay, you know, four or five thousand dollars for a vase. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So you are working in a niche that is passionate about collecting and then you are offering something that is going to make that their collection look better by putting the art over it. Right.
0: Yeah. Now, what else is there out there like that? There probably are things.
1: There are, but the thing that you have to understand, and this is harder for us as artists to understand, like we are good at visualizing like, well, you could put anything over that that vase and that table and it just has to be the right colors. But you are closing the gap for them by showing the art and describing the art in the terms that make it obvious to them that this is the missing piece for their living room to complete and enhance what they've already been collecting
0: yes the other thing too is it became kind of uh i'm a victim of my own success this fella that would go to the shows you know with his frames he'd sell all my paintings when does that ever happen that only, never only, happens only you <laughs> that never happens it doesn't happen okay but yet um, he may go back home to his shop with one or two, maybe, yeah, but he'll sell all of them, and it just blows my mind some you know sometimes I think because the, it, it you know this is the kind of thing if you watch the Hallmark channel, that's where you see that, okay I'm mm-hmm. some Hallmark Christmas movie, <laughs> so right. the rest of us have like paintings stacked
1: up in our. Yes. Okay. So here's, yeah, here's that's okay. what they talked about on a prior show. Is like what are what these other artists that we're all experimenting in different styles, and now we have all this excess. Okay, ex- sex and indiv- I, indiv- have, I
0: have the opposite problem. I have nothing.
1: We don't feel so sorry for you.
0: I, I know
1: <laughs> you know that. Right? I, I,
0: well, no, but it, well, but in some ways that's bad because you know I do have people that call and say. We'd like to come to your gallery and see some, you know, see your, some of your work thinking Mm. like most normal people would. Oh, let's go to, let's go to her gallery. Surely she will have some of her work there that, you know, we might like one of those or we at least would like to see it. I have nothing. It's. Well, you know what the solution is. Clone myself?
1: No, raise your prices. You have to raise your prices. And obviously, if you're selling out,
0: then your prices are still too low. Well, it's also something where I know kind of where the bread and butter price point is, you know, for stuff. And I'm about there. I don't want to push it. I do, I'm not in the leagues of big. City galleries. Sure? I mean yeah, sure, I'm not I'm not are you sure no. that's not a
1: limiting belief because no it's, it's complete, not because it's I, I would
0: rather no because I don't want to limit myself to hedge fund guys. You know, yeah. I would like you know if a hedge fund guy or hedge fund woman, I'm not being politically incorrect there, uh wants one of my pieces, that's fine. Okay. In fact, I'm working on one for one right now. But uh, I also, somebody really wants to pull the scratch together to be able to buy one of my paintings and they're a teacher or something, you know, and they want to save up for a small piece or something. I want them to be able to do that, mm. you know, because it's something where they have looked at my work forever and they're like, oh, I would okay, well, I would like you to be able to do it. I don't want to, you know, price myself out of in the stratosphere here either. And I do okay, it's just, it's a time thing. Hmm. But uh, anyway, but what I end up doing mostly is I have people contact me through my website to do what I call a commission, but isn't really a commission. And I want to say I've got a pretty good batting average for doing that stuff for people, but I, I have them, you know, Let's talk about that cuz I know your
1: process pretty well and I think people will be really interested. So what Jan's talking about is that if somebody you don't take a normal you don't do a normal commission.
0: No, and let me say off the bat that I have done those in my life and it drives me bananas because the last thing I need or want is a micromanager. I know. Okay? And that is the one thing that people, uh, uh, that artists complain about, you know, they like the thought of the commission thing and getting some money up front and all that. But then, you know, inevitably, you're going to run into nitpicking, my paint color. nitpicking Nancy or, or 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 nitpicking Nathan, who wants you to, well, can you move this over a little bit? Or can that be bigger or well, can we change the color on that? You know, that just drives me nuts because yeah. it's like it's not done. You're looking at it, not done. and why don't I show it to you when it's done, and I'll bet you'll like it. That's what you're thinking. That's what I thought. And so what I do, and because i ha- I have the opposite problem from what most people have, I've told people, I've told uh, prospective commission folks that I'm happy to do a painting for them, but I have them go on my website or Facebook or Etsy uh, and pull a dozen images of mine that they like, and I don't care why they like them. I don't care if the subject matter's the same as the thing they're looking for. What they pull kind of tells me there's going to be kind of some common threads through all of those, whether they're very detailed, whether, for example, like if it's a sunset, whether or not they want the ball, the sun ball, <laughs> <laughs> or <laughs> Or if they just kind of want to, you know, the sun has already set and it's maybe dusk and you've got just the color. I mean, there's.
1: I like there's those all, paintings of yours, too, where it's not the ball, but you can just see the glow coming through the yes, but some
0: people, Yes. And there are some people that I prefer like that. Yeah. And there are some people that want the ball. OK, so, it, you know, yeah. the ball, it's kind of like, all right, that's a compositional element issue. And you're like, OK, well, where, wherever it is that that thing lands, that's the center of interest. So you got to work around it anyway.
1: I also like your moon paintings.
0: Well, thank you. I just That's wanted the same to put that thing, out there. by the way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> same thing.
1: All right, it's a ball, so, but it's silver.
0: Yeah, right. Okay, so. so I tell people to, to pick 12 paintings, and I have them send me a photo of where the, the thing is going to go in their house, mm. the wall of wherever it's going. So that I know kind of roughly, I can look at the other stuff in the picture that they send roughly how big it is. And so I can kind of look at all of those things and give them an estimate. If they say fine, then proceed ahead. And I do not charge them until after I have finished the painting. I don't get any money up front. If they don't like it, and I just had one, by the way, well, actually, if they liked it, but I come to find out and I felt awful. I felt so bad. What happened? It was, uh, the wife was, let's see, works full time, is pregnant, and has a toddler. Okay. All at once. And so she was not Johnny on the spot with responding to email. And I thought, you know, with the non-response that they didn't like it. But no, it turns out that she was just crazy. <laughs> With uh-huh. What was going on in her life? Oh, so, oh, okay. With <laughs> right. a toddler, right, and working full time. Yeah, so right, right, yeah, right. right. Or, okay. right. So, okay. um. Anyway, was, and I ended up, yeah. I ended up doing another painting for them, which they loved, and everything's fine. It's okay. just I thought that she wasn't responding because they didn't like it, and we usually-
1: always like make up these stories in our mind, and meanwhile.
0: So I did. I did have one of those recently, and basically, I just threw it up on my website and I marketed it to my uh, my my subscriber folks and on Facebook, and I think it sold in about three hours.
1: Oh wait! So okay. So you you sent them email and you didn't hear back from them. So you're like, oh, well, they must not like it. So you put it yes. on Facebook and then sold it well, to somebody no, else. Well, I
0: also, I also sent them an email saying to them that I haven't heard from them. I sent them actually a couple. I hadn't oh, okay. heard from them and that generally my experience has been that when people don't respond, there's a problem and it's okay. You know, I tell people it's okay. You can walk away. I can walk away. It's all right because you haven't paid me any money. Right, right. So, uh,
1: right. Cause there's no contract. No, there nothing. is no contract. Right. Not even a handshake. None. Right. It's just right. an email. Yeah. Well, there's
0: a verbal agreement, but right. No. Right. Okay. So, okay.
1: So you sold that one sold and they that came one back like No, no, we, we still, we don't. really liked it. Yes. Oh, no. Okay.
0: So, well, anyway, do you mind so then, you I then I, painting the same thing again or what? Happened? I actually didn't. I didn't, uh, mm. because, Part of what I was hearing initially from them, why I thought they didn't like it, was I had mocked up something on the wall for them. And I used one of my old paintings, and I mocked it up in Photoshop. And she gushed over it. And I thought, well, this wasn't what I was going to be painting for you. So the second time around, I kind of used that painting as the, the jumping off point for the one that I did. And they loved the second one. So that was fine. They were kind of ambivalent, I wanna say, about the first one. Although they liked it, it was just kind of like, well, it wasn't what we were thinking because I had mocked up this thing with this other painting. Mental note to self. (laughs) If you send something, you gotta send something that's gonna be somewhat similar to
1: Right, right. Or if they like it, then that's yeah, it's kind of
0: like I'm it's kind of like when you think to yourself, Hmm, I'm really hungry for Chinese. And the only thing that's available is a Taco Bell. Right.
1: (laughs) Don't go, don't get Taco Bell. Yeah. Right.
0: Right. You want Chinese. You (laughs) know, it's that. uh, That's kind of what I really think it was. Anyway. Okay. So wait, uh,
1: there's something else we have to talk about now. Yes. Because again, you are just listing things on Facebook and that's how you're
0: selling it, right? Yes. And that has to do with the psychology of sold.
1: Mm. Tell us about that.
0: Okay. Actually, there was a, a recent uh, blog post on uh, was it Fine Art Online, I believe. All right,
1: while you're looking that uh, up, I'm going to look yeah. up how many Facebook followers you have because what's um, amazing to me is that you're even able to do this with with a small following, a small but like
0: the concept is the psychology of of sold because it's the same thing if you go to the store and you have a selection of things available to you that's the same product and one of them is all sold out yes that's the one you want of course that's it that's it there's no other and why is that oh everybody else got one why didn't i i don't know If that's the, the, if it's the, you're feeling left out FOMO, and you, yes. And that's all it is.
1: I go crazy over things that are limited edition. (laughs)
0: Like, (laughs) like
1: if, if (laughs) Chanel, if Chanel sends an email and tells me this lipstick is limited edition, I will buy it.
0: Because there's only so many of them.
1: Yeah. And also because it's the only Chanel I can afford is the lipstick, you you know,
0: like that's the the other, the other piece of it too. Sure. But yeah, I really think that that's kind of what it is. I have a whole lot, you know, because I sold stuff on eBay, like you, I have a lot of images that I can throw up on the website to show people paintings that i have done that they can look at Mm -hmm. and i think that there is a great deal of value to that uh don't i i would never recommend that an artist simply have on the website what is currently available or available now because you got to put all the other stuff on there too and you put it all together kind of in a if you really feel so inclined and want to go get a cup of coffee and go through all this junk yeah (laughs) but i do think it's important so I have a lot of that on my website, you know.
1: So people section. come to your website and they see everything sold out.
0: It all is. Yeah. The problem is, is and I would move everything over to a sold folder, mm. except, remember the whole Linda thing? Yeah. Okay. Back to the fella who was trying to help me. He decided back when, you know, he decided, he discovered Pinterest some years back. And so he decided to make up, because he's also, again, one of these collector fellas, so he made up a couple of a couple, three pages, and one had arts and crafts, uh, uh, furniture and decor and homes and that sort of thing, and one had pottery, and then he decided he would really kind of do me a solid, and he made one up that just had my work. He did. He didn't tell me he was doing it. Yeah. Now, okay.
1: So we're gonna pause here because i I want to look up how many Pinterest boards there are. Dedicated. I lost
0: track once it hit a hundred.
1: There's uh, a wait. So you know, there's over a hundred. Oh, there's over boards. Yeah. yeah. Not not pins, just so people understand. But, boards, but boards. People have boards dedicated to you. Yes. Yes.
0: Okay. It's so that blows it's, my mind. Yes, by the way, it's okay. well. Yes, it's, frankly, it's a little creepy, but um, no, it's, not it's creepy. flattering, it's, not but it's a little creepy. It's um, <laughs> anyway. It's like uh,
1: having a Chanel board.
0: <laughs> I guess so. Okay. it's I make it,
1: it sound like I like flattering. Chanel. It I only have their lipstick. flattering,
0: but it's kind of like, okay. okay. All so, right. And
1: then I also want to tell people. Well, he so,
0: started this. Yes. And because he is, again, one of these fellows in the know. So he's kind of a taste maker in that little niche. Yeah. Right? Right. And because he is a tastemaker, he had people following his Pinterest things, and much like the Lady Claire Television ad, you know, and they told two friends and so on and so mm. on and so that's kind of. So he how was I an happened.
1: influencer. So yes. it's not just that he threw up a, a Pinterest board and he no
0: he is some a nobody influencer. in yes, he actually
1: like his opinion yes. right? correct. He like was the, like a Martha Stewart of the arts and crafts movement.
0: Well, not, not quite exactly like that, so, but okay. Anyway, it's, all right. I'm he, trying to come up is, with an influencer. Yeah, he's okay. an, he's an influencer. Okay. You know, and again, we're talking about a very small group of
1: people. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what's so amazing. That's what's so amazing because there's all these blog posts and marketers all trying to teach people how to build their following. And you just post things on Facebook to your Facebook fan page to 4,000 followers. Yeah. That's all it is it's four thousand not that, not to diminish that for a lot of people, I know that's a, four thousand is a lot, but most people would think you need ten or twenty or fifty thousand to have the kind of results that you have. No, and you have four thousand and everything sells
0: yes it's
1: amazing
0: okay. it ha it It helps to have you know as you pointed out. Uh, targeted. I don't, don't want to say targeted, or to, to be appreciated by a niche of people yes. who are passionate about yes. this. Yes, that I really think is a key point. It's but, not. Yeah, but sales against sales in, too,
1: because it's well, like yes. they have learned that if they don't pounce, that it's going to go in a couple it's of gone.
0: hours. Right, right. Yeah. Pretty much. So, uh, yeah, passionate people are, are that's who I have tapped into. And that's awesome. Yeah. And then I know people I are. I didn't start out to do this, although mm-hmm. I knew from my, fr- remember the Linda thing? Yeah, right. My friend who had the, <laughs> Linda, the Linda print over her mantle, she is a passionate person about this topic. So, and she lives in a bungalow. And so I kind of knew already that those people were out there just by knowing her, although she's her own thing. But just by knowing her, I kind of knew that those people were out there. So Mm. I got to think that there are other topics or loves or interests like that that you could tap into.
1: Like our friend Heidi Chalice only paints cats
0: okay that's a that's a that's, and that's
1: you know sometimes she deviates, but she definitely has like the cornered has a little corner of the art market that likes her cat paintings,
0: right, yeah, yes, people are passionate about their pets, and there are there are some dog artists I'm aware of too that yeah. you know they're very popular people, in fact, I think there's a couple on the top fifty etsy artists lists. That only paint dogs. They'd only do dogs. Yeah,
1: but you'll find that the best selling artists are working in a very narrow style slash right. genre, and right, they've kind of figured it out, and people know what to expect from them.
0: Right, you don't want to just make pancakes. You need to make blueberry pancakes with banana, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> topping and cherries on top, or something. yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, you really have to to dial into something.
1: Why aren't you teaching in person anymore?
0: I have uh, in the past taught classes and I've taught some workshops and I have taken, moreover, taken some workshops and classes from some artists who were both good at teaching and some that were lousy throw myself into the lousy camp in person. Oh, okay. In person. When I have a classroom of people, I get frustrated and I don't want to get frustrated. And it makes me anxious and all this. There are some people who are just born to be a good classroom teacher. And there are some people that just have no patience Okay, Jen, you're that. not giving yourself
1: enough credit because I think for at least for me because you know I teach online classes and I've taught in-person yeah,
0: classes. Yeah, online is different because It's very different. at your it, own pace. It, you when you're in a classroom, it's totally total different ball game. Yeah, and you
1: you have the pressure of the performance anxiety when you're in front of a, of a of a live class and you don't really have the luxury you do when you're filming to be able to do something at your own pace from start to finish and go smoke a cigarette in the middle. I mean, neither one of us smokes, right? Right. Right. But
0: you know what I mean? It's like... But I'm laughing because at one point or another I was doing that, but go ahead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Although I did take a Charles Reed workshop once where he he did he would take frequent breaks to go smoke his cigarettes. But uh, that's... <laughs> No, but my point is, it's like you, when you're doing, when you're filming a video for an online class, they actually get to see your process from beginning to end, no matter how long that takes, because you can speed it up in the video editing room. Whereas in person, they have to watch the paint dry, and that's no fun. And then it's all the pressure of people standing over you. And interrupting your thought process yes, what color while you answer that? questions. Yes, so I don't what, like... What,
0: what color is that? Exactly. What color is that? Exactly. I and love I, that one. I love that one. It's like, what color is that? And you're like, I don't know. I've mixed like five things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what I, like I actually that. do now is I had my studio assistant print out all my different color names. And as I'm painting, I put those cards... Next to me, so that I don't have to remember what the paint color was. It just, it's, you know, I'm there. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if it's yes. cobalt blue, I have like a little card that says cobalt blue, and I pu- just put it next to my painting so people can see that. But yeah, it's it's not easy teaching yeah. in person. What
0: what paint is that? What, what color, color is that? that? What brushes do you use? What canvas do you use? What? You know, and they like, can't even okay, see okay, anyway. Here's, Let's look, okay, here's what, yeah. and, and I, I want to I say this one thing. I had an artist stop by yesterday. I ordered him, because, uh, you know, remember I have a gallery. So I ordered him a wholesale frame, a big one. And I had it shipped here because I have a business. And so he came, sorry. So he came to pick up the frame, and he was kind of grousing about how he was kind of in a weird, bad artist spot you know, with his work and stuff. And he was complaining about this and that and the other thing. And he says, I went and I bought the most expensive brushes and I use, I thought to, you know, upgrade from buying Gamblin oil paint, which is no slouch. That's what I use, you know, using this and that. And I uh, use marble dust and do all, he's talking about doing all this stuff. And I looked at him and I said, okay, well, I don't know. One is the time that I, that I tell you that I, you know, buy the studio-grade artist brushes from Blick, you know, the cheap ones yeah. <laughs> on sale. Right. And, you know, I use, you know, gesso out of the, out of the, the tub. And, you know, I, I, it's, I use cheap stuff. It has nothing to do, it has very little to do with the materials that you've purchased what is going to end up on your canvas. It has to do with the person who is manipulating it.
1: True, it true but also wait. So I want to just address this because this is important. What we're talking about. So yes, I think there's a lot of people who think if they only knew what colors you used and what brand paint you Correct. Used, that you, they will come out with your art, yes. which is why when people want to take my art classes, I give them the supply list away for free. Like, here you go. You can you can take it. Yep. But at the same time, I also have found that what you're saying is true about it doesn't matter, but only to a certain degree, because it's kind of like baking, where you're going to take <laughs> spoiled stuff. You're not okay. going to... You know, you're making dinner. You want to start with some fresh ingredients, so it's not like... <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, maybe you don't need the highest grade paintbrush, but you're not making your oil paintings with acrylic paint. You're not using crayons. There's still a certain level that you are using to get a a result. Don't you agree with that? Uh, Or no? Because I find that with watercolor watercolor paint, I can completely tell... Just by looking at a photograph of a student art, what kind of paper they've used, if they've used the cheap stuff or the good stuff.
0: Okay. And having done watercolors? To some extent, yes. But there's also some baffle things that have just been done on illustration board. True. <laughs> you know. But and- it's
1: like the other end of the spectrums where you're talking about, like, I don't yeah. think it's going to matter whether you used a linen canvas. No. Right, right, no, right,
0: no, exactly. and it doesn't matter whether you use the, the to me that you use the the gesso out of the tub, or yeah. you want to hand make your your rabbit skin <laughs> glue with the little, and you got the, right. the the double boiler going there next to your canvas, and then it cut with the marble dust, boy, fresh your own canvas. <laughs> oh well, no, I do that regularly. Do you? I, oh yeah, I've got. Oh. oh, I'm impressed. Uh, I am. I, I do because I get oddball sizes requests from people, mm. and I have found that the very best place. This is just kind of a helpful hint. Very best place to get stretcher bars of odd sizes that is uh, are are stable enough uh, at you know if you're going to do something sizable that are stable enough to do large canvases. They come from Canada, and there's only one place to get them. And it is called Upper Canada stretchers, and I mean you can you can get and you know I have we have used the Genie canvases and those are great, but they're usually too thick to put mm-hmm. in a frame. Right. Um, these are thinner and wider, so okay. they they're they're great for that purpose. We okay, all so. hope that the tariff situation doesn't get any worse. All right. Um, anyway, but that's the place to get them. Upper Canada stretchers. All right. I'll make sure. And the they are awesome. And they're not expensive. And you can get them made any size you need. I mean, you know, if you need them, you know, to an eighth of an inch for some goofy reason, you got an old antique frame, they will make them for you. No more. doesn't cost a whole lot more at all. It's terrific. Anyway but back to the you know knowing precisely exactly what i use and have i ever used this or that it's more along the lines of uh, you know when you when you watch an artist do what they do it's a whole lot less of where they got what they what they got or what specifically they're using and and more pay more attention to how they're moving their hands and well that that's, that's you know, where you
1: hit the nail on the head it's it's not what they're doing it's how they're doing it yeah anyway thank you Jan we learned so much today I'm so happy that you joined me and by the way if you want to learn more about Jen's art or sign up for her tonalism class which is only offered at the inspiration place you can go to shulmanart.com slash tonalism and we will send you information about Jan's art and also put you on the wait list for when registration opens for her class again. So Jan, thank you again so much for being part of this podcast. Do you have any last thoughts
0: for our listeners? There's no magic bullet to being an artist. Mm. It's putting in the time. Wow. Just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it and if it's something where you don't like what you started and you're fighting with it throw it away start another one it's just art that's okay. great that's really good advice
1: thanks so much for joining me today jan thank you
0: miriam it was a lot of fun and i hope uh, people learned a few things that they didn't know
1: all right so there you have it don't forget you can sign up to learn more about tonalism by going to shulmanart.com forward slash tonalism. And if you want to see Jan's art, go to shulmanart.com forward slash eight. And you can get that link or anything else we discussed in this podcast. So once again, thanks for listening. If you found this episode valuable, please subscribe to the Inspiration Place on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss any future episodes. Next week, I'm chatting with artist Tara Reed about how she works with an art agent and what's trending now in art. So that's it for now. Have an amazing and inspirational day. Thank you for listening to the Inspiration Place podcast. Connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash shulmanart on Instagram at shulmanart and of course on shulmanart.com.